Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening, am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Thursday, December 28th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. First up, Egyptian officials reveal a proposal to bring an end to the Israel-Hamas war. We'll examine the specifics of that plan. Later in the program, Russian drones and artillery strikes knock out power in parts of Ukraine just a day after Ukraine destroys a Russian warship. Plus, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas meet with Mexican President Obrador to discuss the crisis at America's southern border. Finally, in today's Back of the Brief, a shocking new poll shows that one in five young Americans has a positive view of Osama bin Laden. Apparently, the same new poll shows that the same one in five young Americans are hopelessly ignorant. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. I want to kick off the show by taking a look at what appears to be the first serious proposed plan to bring the Israel-Hamas conflict to an end. The plan was developed by Egypt in collaboration with Qatar, both of which have served as mediators throughout the conflict. At this point, the proposal has been presented to Israel, Hamas, the United States, and European governments. So let's take a look at what this proposal entails. First, the Egyptians proposed a three-phase ceasefire. The first phase would be similar to the temporary ceasefire we saw back in November. Over the course of approximately two weeks, Hamas would release all remaining women, children, and elderly men who were taken hostage during the 7 October attacks on Israel. In return, Israel would free a mutually agreed-upon number of Palestinian detainees, halt combat operations, reposition tanks away from civilian areas, and facilitate medical supplies and food assistance for Palestinian civilians in Gaza. In the second phase of the ceasefire, Hamas would release all Israeli female service members. In return, Israel would release additional Palestinian inmates, and both sides would exchange the remains of individuals held since the hostilities began. The final segment of this first phase of the plan potentially extending over a month, involves intricate negotiations leading to the release of all captives under Hamas's control against a prearranged number of Palestinian prisoners. After these releases, Israel would pull its military presence from the Gaza Strip 
and both sides would cease all forms of aggression. Now, the second part of the proposal has to do with the post-war governance of Gaza. Egypt is proposing that Hamas and Islamic Jihad, the two groups responsible for the October 7th attacks, relinquish power in Gaza. Egypt would then spearhead the mediation efforts to bring the Palestinian factions together, enabling Hamas and the Palestinian Authority to collectively establish some form of interim technocratic government in anticipation of future democratic elections. Both Israel and Hamas have given a cool public reception to the Egyptian proposal, but have stopped short of rejecting the plan altogether, meaning that it could be used as a framework, perhaps, for a future ceasefire. Now, while the entire process is incredibly complex and difficult to negotiate, the heaviest lifting is in the post-governance conflict portion of the planning. Any inference or attempt to leave Hamas in any form as a part of the future governance of Gaza will be considered a non-starter by Israel, and likewise, frankly, should be considered a non-starter by the U.S. and the West. Meanwhile, a very strange public argument has broken out between Iran and Hamas over what inspired the brutal October 7th attacks. Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, has now claimed that Hamas's attack on Israel was a retaliatory act for the killing of their Quds Force commander, Qasem Soleimani. That, of course, is an admission by the Iranian regime of the obvious, that Iran is ultimately responsible for Hamas's actions and thus responsible for the 7 October slaughter. Now, to provide some context, Soleimani was eliminated near the Baghdad International Airport by a U.S. drone strike in January 2020. Considered the IRGC's second-in-command and the architect of its overseas operations, he was known for orchestrating a variety of terror attacks. Adding to the narrative, IRGC spokesman Ramazan Sharif attributed Hamas's October offensive as, quote, one of the revenges for Soleimani's death. However, this assertion was promptly dismissed by Hamas. The group issued a stark rebuttal, distancing themselves from any ties to Soleimani or Iran in regard to the attacks. Hamas's statement was emphatic, quote, Hamas denies the validity of the remarks given by the spokesperson of the Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, Brigadier General Ramadan Sharif, regarding the operation of the flood of Al-Aqsa and its motives. They continued, we have repeatedly confirmed the motives and reasons for the operation of the flood of Al-Aqsa and foremost are the dangers that threaten Al-Aqsa Mosque, end quote. Now, clearly, despite being the spawn of the Iranian regime and doing their bidding, Hamas is sensitive about being acknowledged as toadies for the IRGC and prefer acting as if they actually wear the pants in the terrorist family. All right, when we come back, the latest from Ukraine where Russian drone and artillery strikes have resulted in widespread power outages following Ukraine's strategic targeting and destruction of a Russian naval vessel. Plus, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Homeland Security Chief Alejandro Mayorkas sit down with Mexican President Obrador to talk border crisis, despite the current White House preferring not to refer to it as a border crisis. I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being. 
And that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic. And, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true. Finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey, Mike Baker here. Let me take less than a minute to talk about one of my favorite subjects, cigars. Now, there's something about great cigars, right? They require you to slow down a bit. They promote conversation and camaraderie. And when you're talking great cigars, of course, well, you're talking foundation cigar. It's where tradition meets innovation and where craftsmanship reigns supreme. I hope by now, after listening to me bang on about Foundation Cigar, that you've wandered down to your local cigar shop to give them a try. I'm a big fan of Foundation Cigar, that is clearly obvious, including their latest offering, the Wise Man Corojo and Madura. Inspired by Nicaraguan heritage and handcrafted in collaboration with my father's cigars, these cigars are the pinnacle of rich flavor and bold character. They really are the perfect gift for cigar lovers in your life. Maybe it's your pop, Maybe it's your brothers, your friends, and of course, don't forget yourself. Go get a few, have them on deck for your next gathering, perhaps on the golf course or it's poker night, wherever you and your pals are getting together. Be a hero, bring out the foundation cigars. Ignite your senses and indulge in the artistry of these premium cigars from Foundation Cigar. You can check out their website, foundationcigar.com, or you can purchase them at a local cigar shop near you. Welcome back. We turn our attention to the war in Ukraine, where fighting between Russia and Ukraine is intensifying amid harsh winter conditions. Following Ukraine's strike on a Russian warship on Tuesday, Russia launched a retaliatory attack in Ukraine using drones and artillery to target a train station and residential areas in Kherson and Odessa, according to a report by CBS News. Russia launched nearly 50 Shahed drones in the bombardment, which killed at least five Ukrainian civilians who had gathered a, among a crowd of roughly 140 people to board a train to Kiev. The attack also hit a local power grid station, knocking out electricity for roughly 70% of households in Kherson and leaving residents to contend with brutal winter temperatures. 
The regional governor there said it was not possible to estimate how long residents would be without power in the city. And in the city of Odessa, the drone attack reportedly killed two people and left three injured, including a 17-year-old. Ukraine's Air Force said it was able to shoot down 32 of the 46 attack drones launched in the assault by Russia. Now, Russia's targeting of Ukrainian energy infrastructure follows the same tactics that they used last winter when they directed missiles at power stations and energy plants. This caused rolling blackouts throughout the country, leading to civilian deaths and forcing the Ukrainian government to set up heating points to keep their population from freezing. The aerial bombardment came in the wake of a cruise missile attack by Ukraine on Tuesday in the city of Feodosia that struck the Novocherkask, a landing ship in Russia's Black Sea fleet. We should note that the toll from that strike appears to be much worse than the Kremlin is letting on. Reports initially suggested Ukraine's missile strike killed at least one Russian sailor and left the ship with significant damage. Reports coming out of the region, however, now suggest that the ship completely burned and sank and that dozens of sailors were killed, injured, or are missing, according to a report from the Daily Beast. The ship's commander initially tried to claim that "Eh, nobody's injured, everything's great. Video footage has since found its way online showing a massive explosion. The missile strike reportedly sparked munitions on board. Independent outlet Astra says at least 23 people on board were injured and said another 33 were missing. A retired captain from the Russian Navy, speaking anonymously to local media outlets, said he suspects that, quote, everyone who was on board at the time of the blast most likely died, end quote. All right, I want to shift our focus to the situation on America's southern border where a record surge of migrant crossings are stretching U.S. Border Patrol resources to the brink, as well as creating significant difficulties for several U.S. cities which are struggling to find sufficient resources to handle the influx of migrants now arriving on their doorsteps. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas traveled to Mexico on Wednesday for a meeting with Mexico's president to address the border crisis. The trip comes as pressure mounts on the Biden administration to take more aggressive policy steps to stem the tide of migrant crossings amid a stalemate on the issue in Congress. Ahead of the meeting in Mexico, officials with the Department of Homeland Security outlined several proposals they intended to bring up with Mexican officials, including relocating migrants further south cracking down on migrant smuggling along railways, and providing migrants with incentives, such as visas, to keep them from illegally crossing. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador, referred to as AMLO, speaking ahead of the meeting, criticized the U.S. approach to the border, and it'll be helpful for the meeting, saying Congress should, quote, authorize resources for cooperation and support for the poor peoples of Latin America and the Caribbean, instead of putting up barriers, barbed wire fences on the river, or thinking about building walls, end quote. AMLO apparently forgot to mention that Mexico also maintains border security and physical barriers. President Biden has struggled during his term to adequately address the border crisis and has faced pushback from his own party regarding any compromise with Republicans. Now, Biden attempted to win over Republican support for an emergency aid package for Ukraine in early December, by offering some concessions on border reforms that would have brought back many Trump-era policies. But that plan 
lacked the backing of congressional Democrats. Under the Trump administration's Remain in Mexico policy, the Mexican government had agreed to hold migrants in border towns for months at a time as they awaited court hearings in the U.S. Later, under Title 42, Mexico also agreed to take in migrants from other countries expelled by U.S. border agents. In the absence of any meaningful action from Washington, the crisis has continued to spiral out of control. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials said Friday that they apprehended more than 190,000 migrants between ports of entry in November alone. They said CPB agents across the U.S. border are now reporting anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 migrant arrests a day. All told, some 2.4 million migrant apprehensions occurred along the U.S. border during the 2023 fiscal year, and that's an all-time high. Now, keep in mind, when considering the scope of the border problem, that 2.4 million number, well, those are just the known encounters, and only a small percentage were processed for removal, with the vast majority being released into the country. The number of unknowns, or known gotaways, meaning illegals who entered without being apprehended, well, that number, as the term implies, is unknown. But estimates place that number during President Biden's three years in office at somewhere between 1.7 and 2 million. And within those numbers, it's anyone's guess as to how many individuals on the government's terror watch list might be included. It would appear that the White House is finally sufficiently concerned about the border to send Blinken and Mayorkas to Mexico to ask for assistance from AMLO. Now, not to sound cynical, but, well, I'm about to, it's likely that the only reason the White House is now sufficiently concerned is because they're worried about the 2024 election and voter concerns about the border and the impact of large numbers of migrants on Democrat-run cities like Chicago, New York City, and Washington, D.C. Coming up in the back of the brief, a new poll shows that a shocking number of young people actually have a positive view of 9-11 mastermind Osama bin Laden. I'll be right back. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Mike Baker here. Let's talk warranties. I know, that's exactly what you were hoping I'd say. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car without a warranty? No, of course you wouldn't. What about your other important big-ticket purchases? Uh, specifically, your home's appliances and critical systems? Again, the answer should be no. The bottom line is that every day is a good day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With an American Home Shield warranty, Unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or a faulty water heater won't break the bank. 
because covered repairs and replacements are taken care of, just like that. And having that sort of reassurance, well, that's peace of mind. Choose a plan that works for you and your budget, and then it's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, well, you contact American Home Shield, and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So when it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Get warrantied. Now, I don't know if warrantied is an actual word, but let's go with it. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. And New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. In today's Back of the Brief, a recent Daily Mail poll reveals a startling perspective among young Americans about Osama bin Laden. Approximately 20% of those aged between 18 and 29, that's referred to as Generation Z or Gen Z, well, they hold bin Laden, the architect of the most lethal terrorist attack on American soil, in a positive light. The survey further indicates that nearly a third of these young individuals believe the principles guiding bin Laden were, quote, a force for good, end quote. Digging deeper into the numbers, 8% of the young adults polled possess a, quote, completely positive outlook on bin Laden, with an additional 12% admitting to a somewhat positive perception of the arch-terrorist. Of the respondents who viewed him favorably, 8% approve of both his ideology and his methods. Only 41% of Gen Z has a completely negative view of bin Laden. Let me repeat that. Only 41% of Gen Zers surveyed, those between 18 and 29 years old, have a completely negative view of bin Laden. Now, in stark contrast to these figures, a significant majority of the total population, 81%, express a negative opinion of bin Laden overall. All right. This poll comes on the heels of a surge in TikTok content where young Americans engage with bin Laden's letter to America, showing empathy towards the al-Qaeda leader. This letter, which rationalizes the heinous acts of 9-11, seems to have influenced the perceptions of a segment of the younger generation. Now, this is admittedly one survey, okay, but it's a survey nonetheless. I mean, where do you even start with these numbers? 8% of respondents have a completely positive view of bin Laden. Only 41% have a completely negative view of him. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but that leaves 51% who apparently have mixed views on the Dr. Evil of our time. How does that happen only 22 years on from 9-11? I mean, what are you thinking? Oh, well, dude, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, all the death and destruction was kind of crazy, but I, I liked his look. How were you conflicted in your views on bin Laden? Look, if they conducted the survey during one of the recent anti-Semitic pro-Hamas from the river to the sea protests, well, then the numbers, I suppose, make sense. But you would assume this was a random sample. So, you also have to assume that we, we have a serious breakdown in education, not to mention an inability to teach right from wrong or, or to raise kids who know the difference between being a murderous, psychotic terrorist and living a good, productive, considerate life. Look, one thing I do know. I don't have enough gin in my bar at home to make me forget these survey results, but I'm, I'm going to give it a go. 
And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Thursday, 28 December. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.